All right, this is going to require a lot of setup. So first of all, we love you so much, and this is such a profound cheers for us that we're drinking Fireball instead of bottled Good beers. So we're going to have to make time. the clink sound with our mouth because mm. it's a plastic mm. bottle, and I'm sorry mm. for that. But the reason is is because you're so profound and deserve so much of our gratitude and thanks that we're, we're sticking to the hard stuff. So the first thing I want to say is thank you to James Byrne for sending us the expansion to Sentinel Multiverse. It has the best character in the entire game in it, so I'm so glad we have that now Fuck because you. I will not play without Lady Punisher, whatever her name is. Um, next and even more profound, Brownie Davis sent us a Wacom tablet My after God. I half-heartedly mentioned wanting to do an animatic for the Mixx. You Mix do not Six. deserve it. Uh, I do not deserve it. None of us do. No. Uh, and that it was an amazing gift. It, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and then uh, David N. put that to way better use than any of us ever could by coming up with our first animatic uh, for the S'mores rant and hopefully many more to come. So, uh, we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners and all of the great stuff that you've given us. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. And so we're going to cheers some fireball to you uh, right now. One, two, three. Clink, 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 clink. And we're drinking it now. Yeah. Ross is still drinking his. Oh still my going. god! Still going. It's halfway through. He got it. It was, it was much faster that this was, time. That was four hundred percent faster than the last time he took it. Ross is going to throw up this episode. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's getting caught. Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> All right. We made it. Uh, welcome to the mix ends. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we have six beers and six conversations. Uh, this time around, we're going to have six ciders, because our listeners love them to death. We and got so the theme here. We're going to do six ciders today, uh, and have uh, a five-point rating system for them. Before we get to that, we got a lot to cover in the pre-party. So what are we covering now? Yeah, good call. So a couple things worth pointing out. Thing number one is by the time this episode goes live... We are either really close to, or right on the other side of, probably, hopefully, the Kickstarter launch of Party Foul. Yes. It has been nearly a year. Like, I think a year since you and I sat down at my kitchen table Mm -hmm. to mock up a prototype. Uh, And then we just started playing that thing. And here we are, a lot of money, and a lot of time, and a lot of travel, and a lot of contractors and freelancers. Every second I'm not doing my job, or this job, or my other game, I spend doing this fourth thing. It has been... (laughs) And that's about drunk ducks. No one understands how much time Caleb and I spend on GroupMe every day coordinating a million different things. Yes. Um, And so, anyways, uh, if we're before tentatively May 23rd, which is when we think we're going to launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to back Party Foul on Kickstarter starting on May 23rd. Please, please do. We'll probably launch around 9 a.m., just saying. absurdly proud of it, despite how utterly stupid it is. Yes, yes. Uh, it's not stupid. It's really I mean, great. it's f- stupid fun right. for you and all your friends. See, also a really great yeah. game. It's a really great strategy game. Yeah. Uh, if it's it's past way me, better than Munchkin. That's right. It has made a 
bajillion dollars. Literal bajillion dollars. Yeah. If it's past May 23rd and you haven't backed Party Foul, you should back Party Foul on Kickstarter. You can find us on Backer Kit if, exactly if the <laughs> Kickstarter is no longer If open. things got weird. Um, other pre -party or order it on your partyfoul.com. That's right. Oh, yeah. We'll have a website up. www.partyfoulthegame.com God, this stresses me out because we're recording this early and like... Stuff isn't done. Oh, man. I am really against this level of commitment, but no, I, we, we're going to go with it. We're, we're in. We're committed. We will commit. I'm putting the ring on my finger. Yeah. Yeah, We're in, swearing a blood oath. We will get you that game. Yeah. In, in, in particular, a couple well, people you will. to call I'm not going to run away from the altar this time. A couple people to call out really quickly <laughs> to for help it. Help it. I say you won't commit Sarah's to me. Sarah's here, by the but, way. But I won't commit and to you. So and I just got in trouble. So. No, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Marriage joke about the board game didn't go over well. <laughs> a couple people it's we want to call out you. really quickly. Uh, thanks for all the help on Party Foul, getting us to wherever we are, depending on when this launches. Uh, Jared Johnson, Chad Spencer, and Jessica Spencer have done a ton of really great work for us in getting us to this point. Mm -hmm. Simeon Cogswell and, of course, Casey Green, who's done the bulk of the art, and it's been absolutely Kyle brilliant. and Kat Carty. Kyle fantastic and Kat Carty. That's absolutely right. Design uh, work for uh, this. And Red Tosikatsu, yeah. uh, And also the uh, uh, Maple Syrup Blood Money podcast. Yes. So thanks so much for everybody on the help on this. If you haven't backed or, you're, or we haven't launched yet, be ready to back. Other thing worth pointing out uh, is at least two-thirds of this podcast is going to be at Origins at the beginning of June. So yep. if you plan on being there, uh, we'll we'll have some party foul stickers. We'll have some mix six coasters. We'll probably have a party foul beta. Uh, we'd love to see you. We'd love to hang out. We'd love I to meet you. I will be selling my other dumb game, and I will be at the IGDN booth if you want to check Markets it out. Red Markets isn't even dumb. God, it's okay. Well, it will be there. Yeah, dumb or not, welcome it's to not um, dumb. It's I, I will game. be there at the IGDN booth at all. They're good I'll be, games. I'll be Caleb. running some demos of party foul. Hang so you out can with sign me at different those. times. Bingo. I'll be so lonely. Yeah, Sarah will just be wandering around because I will be working. So. Last pre party item is that it is official, folks. We have been approved for the Mixed Six Live at Gen Con on August 3rd at 3 p.m. in Meeting Room 8. We'll post information about this on Twitter, I Facebook, I think that's at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium. If things we're, change, we'll we're let you know. the whole stadium? Finally, they nope. listened to my letters. You didn't, you didn't, All right. you didn't hear the meeting room part. The pyrotechnics. <laughs> that they don't call the stadium part of it. I can the finally bring them in. The, the football is not played it's in It's going to be like a Motley Crue you know show in the 80s. Just... Yeah. They have rooms in the side. One of us is gonna is gonna rock, walk away with scars. Here. <laughs> um, so, anyways, a, uh, a lot of things. Uh, we'd like to see you at any and all of this. Um, in the meantime, we're gonna rate these ciders on a five point scale in today's conversation. Really interested in this rating system. Well, I this one came to me as I was going through junk mail, mm -hmm. and so our five point rating system today is junk mail. If you've listened to the mix <laughs> sort six of a before, direct inspiration. yeah, literally was doing this. If you've listened to the mix six before, you know that we rate our beers on a five point scale that changes every episode. A five is the best beer you've ever had or in the upper echelon of beers. A one is the worst beer you've ever had or something which has ruined your life for having consumed it. And in this episode, we'll be using types of junk mail that you receive in your dead tree mailbox mm -hmm. as compared to spam email. So a one, just the worst type of junk mail, the shit that you see and just immediately discard, or in this instance, a cider that you would see in an aisle and go, not only do I not want that, you should throw that away, liquor purveyor, credit card offers. Yeah. They are the literal scum of the earth when it comes to junk mail. As would a cider of this I think quality. Probably over half of junk mail. Oh, absolutely. By far. Yes. Yes. Um, not over half of the beers we've tried. Yeah. Interestingly. Yeah. A two, so not as bad, but still pretty bad. Um, junk mail for churches, and it's possible. I've been thinking a lot about this. <laughs> It's, this is probably a Springfield thing. It's probably a Springfield thing. But as a Springfield thing, uh, I, my only dis, my only disagreement with this list is that this isn't a one. Right. Well, 
It's only not a one because credit cards. They're office. often comically huge, too. Huge. Enormous pieces of junk. Churches mail. are spinning. You have to fold them money. multiple times to get them in the damn box. Yeah. They're gigantic. Come to Good Life 720 Hope Church. Yes. yes. For our free daycare. Our telecampus. Our oh. telecampus. Yeah, it's so a many telecampuses. It's yes. a very cam- it's a campus. The the churches have to really go out of their way in the Bible belt to distinguish themselves, and apparently direct mail is the way to do that. Um <laughs> So it's our like, Easter thing is fucking cool, <laughs> you nerds. We start before. You know God. what? If I got a piece of junk mail that said our Easter thing is fucking cool, you right. nerds, I would actually consider going to that service. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, that's an in your that's wow. the in your safe source. Hello, sure. fellow youths. <laughs> I'm the church. Yes. <laughs> our Easter bunny is Tony Hawk. Watch him do a 1080 <laughs> for Christ. If you're over 35. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, a three. This is your run-of-the-mill junk mail. It's a run-of-the-mill cider. You'd go back to it. Uh, you're fine to see it. It's not going to change your life. Coupons. Honestly, you get a good coupon in there if you're willing to do the work. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it, the bulk of that shit you're going to throw away, but sometimes you're like, ooh, a Domino's coupon. Really and I've had to too see. much to drink. You know what the I mean? The idea of it's I'm like sorry, a five. But Domino's, no. But other pizza places, the, yes. The idea of it's like a five, but the effort brings it down to a three. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, a four. Um, and this might sound counterintuitive. I'm kind of surprised that there are fours and fives. Yeah. Like, no, there yeah, definitely what? are. Oh, there's definitely fours. There definitely I'm are. His five is brilliant. It's <gasps> really good. Thank you. I'm so excited. Okay, a four. <laughs> local services and or companies. And I don't know if this is unique to the Springfield Ozarks region, but the kind of hysterical shit I get in my mail for local services, like local tree trimmers or local house cleaners. <laughs> so many tree or, or local car companies who have not learned what marketing is supposed to look like in 2018. <laughs> and have instead hired someone who recently found clip art or maybe or, or maybe like Microsoft Word 2000 um, and they're going real fucking nuts like that stuff you're not going to get anything out of it substantively but hot damn is it not fun to look at I'm the, so not angry about this they do use that sort of same font you get when you like go to a big city and people hand you pamphlets for whatever their crazy cult is. yes that's exactly <laughs> like it's that same sort of like type smeared like yeah, yeah. The, the lizard Illuminati controls the world sort of font. Wait, does this include those fucking car lot ads that, like, will include a key? Yes. And a car key? Yes. And then, like, you, like, if if your car key is the one that matches this car, you get a free car. Yeah. Because, like, that, it does feel good to get that because it's, like, it's almost like getting something that you actually want. It's like, oh, my God, this is a real tangible object. That's substance. that, That I associate with utility. And... Wait, no, it's totally useless. Yep. That, that, that takes some time to process. <laughs> That's right. But it feels good to get a car key. Immediately exciting. Yeah, exactly. So, and a five. All right, all right, I see. Yeah. I see your game. I'm, I'm sneaky. Yeah, you are. Watch five. yourself. Okay, so a five. Now, this is good junk mail. It's real good. This is the stuff you want to see. There is no good junk Here's, mail. These are the ciders um, that you're going to go to the store suspicious. and ask for. Me too. The best kind of junk mail is other people's junk mail. <gasps> so good. Oh. It's so fucking good. That is so good. This is the best list you've ever come up with for this reason. Here's what I know. The people that used to live in my house were into some shit. I still get their junk mail. I have shit from the people that used to live in your house. You gave it to me. It's fucking And I like it. We gave you a t-shirt from people that used to live in our house. What? You got a t-shirt? Yes. Yes. And it's one of the most comfortable t-shirts I own. We the people for what? What is it for? It's for SoFi, which is loan free refinancing. <laughs> I don't agree with 
anything, but it's so comfortable. But that t-shirt is fucking tight. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I've never gotten a t-shirt it's in so junk good. mail. That's so good. I'm I don't so know, angry now. I don't know what kind of doctors the people that used to live in my house were, but it was weird fucking doctoring based on the junk mail that I get most of the time, and I, I love a free looking t-shirt. You basically said a five is like, you've given me a mystery That's to right. solve That's right. in my mailbox. That's exactly. Oh and God. I couldn't agree more. That's like, so good. Yep. Yeah, yes. like, yep. there's an intrinsic value I, to this. I, I want to commemorate Spencer has cut the Gordian knot. I have. You fucking nailed it. Ross is going to edit in some music and some no. sound effects no. celebrating no. this. I know no. this is not true. No. But Unless I can get a Vaporwave cassette and just play it. Nope. Yeah. Nope, we're good. Uh, that is so, so good. But no, like, fucking, again, just t-shirts and junk mail? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I wear it all oh, God, the time. Oh, God, remember when you were applying for colleges it's and they'd the all give you t-shirts? t-shirts. Yeah. That was yes. great. My golden yeah. gopher shirt. I'm still sad I'm too I'm fat to wear shitty. that. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, uh, we've talked a lot about it. this fantastic rating <laughs> system. We should probably rank some Actual ciders. Yeah, no, let's, ciders. let's yeah. fucking Snap expound beers. on this for another half hour. Uh, all right, Definitely. anyway, we're, we got to get out. We got to get. We gotta go to the first beer. Somebody cut And by beer, I mean cider. Everybody here is already too drunk to do this. So, Caleb, what are you doing? Hard disagree. Look, we had to we I'm had to pre-game board. it. It's a cider episode. Yeah. I mean, hey, if we're gonna, what, what, hey, what do people say about our friends? sensitive and gluten-free <laughs> listeners will appreciate this. I'm just, I'm just saying. As one of them. We typically <laughs> operate at a higher <laughs> ABV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm also, gonna, I'm very this professional. This is you, a 6.0, so yeah. I don't want to hear it. Everyone's angry at me, and I haven't introduced... <laughs> We're the, excited. The beer I'm we drinking. Are yeah. <laughs> Spencer's 5 was so sneaky good. It, was, it did, it was it did so energize good. the crowd. It energized. Really yeah, did. it's very energizing. Uh, anyway, I'm going to drink Apple Kale, Knocker burp. Hard Ciders Coffee Bourbon Bourbon Barrel Aged... Hard cider. That's a lot of words. Wait, so it's a coffee cider? Yes, yeah, it's, it's the Apple okay. Knocker hard can you cider, say coffee, bourbon, bourbon bourbon, 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 hard cider. Can you can you say bourbon one more time? No, no, no I need the say, whole name. Say bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Oh god, bourbon. that bubbled up on you. It's really good. <laughs> Caleb's not a fan. Caleb does not. No, nope. was it was Why? it too much, was it too much bourbon or not? Why? It didn't have enough bourbon. So many Spencer doesn't like the smell. It's, so this it smells is like awesome. someone poured coffee into champagne. It is coffee grounds in hard apple cider. It is that is just it. We have coffee grounds available. Do you need those? <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> um, Caleb, what type of junk mail is that? I think that's going to be a church's. Yeah, that's that's a hard mm. church. I've had worse because it is at least sweet on the end of it. <laughs> Might be a one for me, but it's, it's not. Sarah's face about this. It's not one. great. Like that's a credit. Coffee, that's a credit beer? Card give me, give me this shit. It's so bad. That's a credit card offer. Oh god, what are we talking about? Uh, so we're into letters. our first segment. If you've listened to the mix six at all, you know that our first segment is typically dissecting our fun. <laughs> Ross just threw up on the floor. <laughs> yep. Ah, well, Ross gets to finish that because you spit back into the bottle. I didn't. I didn't. It's so uh, bad. Well, I'll be drinking Ross's backwash, which is easily a three, mm. and this that mm, would be better beer. than yeah. that beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh God! All right. Well, here's where we are. Anyway, dissecting. God, our the aftertaste. Yeah, we're Let, at, we're let's in, get back to it. We're into dissecting our fun, and uh, Alex Bauer is back, uh, and we we love us some Alex Bauer and partner. They ask us <sighs> great questions. They seem to have a lot of fun with the podcast. Thanks so much for everything that you do. Alex has asked, "Are there any games you've played so often with the same people?" Oh. It has ruined playing those games with another group. And how do you get over the comfort of playing with the same people over and over and over again? And 
really, really poignant question, given that the, the three of us plus Brandy play a lot of games together. Can Sarah and I go first? Please do. Because uh, I, this I'm... Is pretty sp- I'm terrified you specific. picked this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too drunk. <laughs> I'm terrified you picked this because, like, you introduced us to board games. Yes. Like, I introduced you guys into RPGs, but you guys definitely introduced it into board games. And, Absolutely. like, you're really our only group. We've played with other people and it's been fine. But, like, are you thinking of leaving us? Don't leave us, please. No, we no, need no, no, you. no, 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 no. I, I don't know if I can love again no, if you guys like, leave. My first game was an Arkham Horror board game with you and oh, Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, fucking hard mode. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Y'all fucking threw me in to oh, the God. deep end. We only played that too because I wanted someone to explain Arkham Horror to me because I and did not want to learn it. Yeah, and Because Caleb oh, had played God. with Caleb, Ross. Caleb, Caleb did a great job, I, I think, of GMing an Arkham yeah. Horror game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I was in there? Well, no, so no. L- let me dig in a little oh, bit okay. Okay, go ahead. On, the, on the question. Um, and none of this is like a precursor. Like this, this segment does not end with me being saying, and now my new game group. You know what I mean? Like, oh, thank God. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. Well, we yeah. can talk about whatever. In fact, now. I had to go out of my way to find games where the two of you were not just the answer to the question. Yeah. But there are a couple oh. of games worth calling out. Um, one is um, Reiner Kinesia's Lord of the Rings game, which I know that we've introduced you guys to, and I think we've played once or twice. And I don't think we got it as much as the other people you play it with That's because right. we didn't get it at all. That's right. Well, and, and both times I think we've tried to do this, you guys were real drunk. And yeah, so I don't think that's right our now, fault. Well, the first time we re- were way too drunk. Yeah. So that's we, we played through a whole thing the second time and we lost by a single turn. Yes. And that did. was crushing. We did. Um, and you should know that right now I don't remember the question because I'm too drunk. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm just going to turn my yeah, that would be great. laptop to yeah. face. Okay, go ahead. Tag and Sarah. All right. Um, Thanks. I was introduced to that game by my in-laws, and every time I see them, we play at least one, usually three or four rounds of that game. Um, and one of the it's first, not a bad game. No, one no. of the one of the first things we talked about on this podcast, uh, I would imagine, first five episodes was probably the co-op conundrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and my that's in-laws, a game that has it. That's it. Really does. And Absolutely. my in-laws are some of the few people because they introduced us to the game and understand deeply the mechanics. It's not me pointing at things going, you do this. It's, in fact, a really healthy conversation. Not unlike the ones we're having around Pandemic Legacy, for example, where we're debating the merits of certain actions because we're all deep enough in that game to understand what could happen. So that's that's game number one for me. I've tried to introduce it to other people. Um, you, you guys have picked it up a little bit, but by and large, it's just been hard to find other people who have plunged the depths of that game as much as we have. To make it feel like we're having an honest conversation about what we should be doing. Q, can we pause for a second and yeah. downgrade this shit to a credit card? It gets there. It is. It gets worse as you go deeper. It's terrible. And like, here's the thing: you need to drink it again to understand what I'm talking about because well, it's it, just it is more cloying. Um, there is more bourbon at the bottom of it. At Gin Con a couple years ago, uh, Thad made me try a whiskey-flavored Japanese soda, and it's got a lot of that down in the middle of the bottle. It's disgusting. Shut up. Sarah's on the side. Okay, so here's my thing with this question. Nope, give me your computer back. Okay, (laughs) sorry. Most of the people I hang with don't play games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like this question doesn't count for you because you hang with people who play games. You're right. I'm pretty nerdy. Yeah. So P nerdy. I just want to say that most of the games I play, I play so often I would not play with my reg people. Yes. Like 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 just like friends. That's right. Yeah. Because it would have that issue, right. a pandemic where I'm just going to tell them what the fuck to do. Yeah. But um, Potion Explosion is yes. not one of those games. Totally agree. It's absolutely like. Play with anybody. Universal. Yep. People will play with it. 
But I feel like most games, you need a background of games to play. You do. Uh, Push Explosion, I would say Marrying Mr. Darcy is a game I've played with anyone who has not played games. Yep. And they get it. Good call. Love um, Letter. Love Letter. Yes. Those, I feel like this is more... Number nine. Number I'm nine going into work. like introductory games because... I think you have to, though. Right? Yeah. I think that's the trick. Because if, because, if like, your groups are non-gamers or real hardcore gamers... There's not a middle separate. ground where it's right. No. Try new team. Well, yes. well maybe that's, that's really the, the maybe that's the metric then. Like maybe yeah. when you're talking about transferring game groups, it's really about like yeah. fluency with games yeah. and yes. speed at totally gathering game. Because most of our game talk around a table is not about the game itself. Right. We're just kind of bullshitting because we get oh, it's a drafting mechanic. Yeah. Like you explain the rules you're once and we have it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. like the people that I like to play games with are not in the game world. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. No, that's and, that's a good observation. And those are the ones that. I bring like okay, what's accessible to all people? Right, right. Because the games that are played so often are the games with people who know games. Right, like Time Stories, right? Which is yes. kind of my example of like, yes, I wouldn't want to play Time Stories with another group. No, a because and we talked about this on the episode where you and Brandy were on, I think. Mm-hmm. A because we all deeply understand how each other play games, and there's a lot of collaboration that goes into that some bitch, and it can get fucking messy. You know what I mean? It can, but Time Stories is kind of equal to a lot of escape room games. Yeah. So I feel like that could bridge the gap, but like I'm not going to bring I don't know. What's Alchemist. Alchemist yeah, or no. I think even uh the backing game that you love that I can't oh, remember. F- uh, oh, Flamme Rouge? I'm not gonna bring that to like just like a reg game day. Yeah, but the trick to time stories, you're right, it, it has an escape room mechanic, and that mechanic is transcendent, right? It's not just you're either into games or you're not. But, but there hi, is a, a four-hour commitment to Absolutely. collaborating, arguing, making decisions. Yeah, I mean that's that's a unique thing. The only other thing that stands out to me here, games that I don't play with you guys or don't play with my in-laws, who are who are pretty avid gamers. Um, I played a fuck ton of Magic: The Gathering with Zach Wagner and Mark Co- uh, Mark Wanacott, yeah. who I wanted to yeah. call out specifically yeah. because because. But that's a separate right game group. It is, and it can be such a contentious play, and mm-hmm. it can be so unenjoyable if you mm-hmm. don't find. Because here's the thing. It was enjoyable playing that game with those people because they, too, wanted to explore the game in the same way that I wanted to explore the game. It was not about how quickly can you win. It was how deeply can you build a mechanic, Mm -hmm. ridiculous as it may be, to explore how you could get 37 different cards to do one trick. And and I think what we're saying here is, you know, pick the game, pick the people – um, you have to find people who want to play the game in some ways the same way that you want to play the game. Well, right. I think game literacy is a metric. I think yeah. um, mechanics also a metric. So yes. like, I'll play sure. a bluffing game at like a convention <laughs> or with other people that I don't know very well or with other people that want to play a bluffing game because I will sort of abdicate to the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you come in to play a game with like... Uh, me, you, Brandy, you, Sarah, yeah. like, uh, then that's going to, like, don't bring your bluffing game. Right. Like, yeah. do, right. do not bring Twilight Imperium up in here because, like, you just ensured that no one will have a good time, right. including you. We like, don't want to do that. We don't, we don't like those yeah. deception mechanics. Okay. True. It's like, yeah. But along that lines, like, Mysterium is one of my most favorite games. And I love playing it with you three, right. us four, because, like, I know what Spencer's thinking. I know what Brandy's thinking. I know what you're thinking. Yep. And then I brought it to a game group with, like, people who have never played that game before. And it definitely makes a difference. Like, I don't want to play that game with them because I don't Um, know what they're thinking, but I, like, know Spencer's going to pick 
the the weird little thing no one else notices <laughs> yeah, in the that. bottom corner. I own that. Yeah. And I'm going to like give him that clue because I know you're going to get it. Uh, but mis- I don't want to play it with people who've never played games before. Right. Yeah, Mysterium, yeah. though, like is my one instance with this because I normally play games with the RPPR group and it's normally the same. But I, the one time I played Mysterium with the RPPR group, I almost made Sean into an actual ghost <laughs> by murdering him. Because uh, it was the most frustrating thing I've maybe ever encountered mm-hmm. it was it was nightmarish. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, there is a problem, but I think that might be a fluency with game mechanics or, or a type of game. Uh. So that's an so like creative intelligence might be like a bad thing just to transfer. Yes. Without doing a couple other games to like test the waters. Yeah, totally but agree. like it's also a thing of knowing the same people. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's like, right. Like, totally. I is. know you and Brandy. But right. I, I and then I take it to other people. I'm like, I don't. I, I don't fucking. I'd know be you skeptical. Guys as well. I'd be skeptical opening with a new group using like Dixit. Or mysterium yes. or something because yeah, that could fair. get super frustrating. And, you know what's, what's interesting about that is wouldn't um, want to play those games at a convention. Is what I'm what's saying. What's interesting yeah, about that is absolutely. that I, I actually think in some ways those are the easier games to meet a new group with because they aren't mechanic heavy and it doesn't feel like there needs to be a ton of explanation. But you have yeah. to know them. Oh. Well, I think that. But I also think that's kind of you get to know them. You know what I mean? I think there's a getting to know kind of. Yeah. So, for example, a couple of months ago, Brandy and I played Code Names with two people we've never played <laughs> Code Names with. Bless you, Ross. Um, and that sounds like it my was, nightmare. Right. Well, I just it, want to say. It was, Brandy was like, let's play code names with these people. And I was like, let's get divorced. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the whole thing was like anxiety <laughs> inducing. But then we did it. And I was like, well, this is interesting because after a round or two, there was some learning element to it, which was, oh, I don't, I didn't really know that about you, Aaron. Um, n- now I do, right? And so, mm-hmm. so there was, for all of the reasons I think the four of us play those things really tightly and really well and really enjoyably, it actually gives us some room to be creative and free thinking. There's a learning element associated with some of those creative intelligence games that I think takes some of the pressure off winning. Um, that was kind of fun. As to the second part of the question, how do you get over the comfort of playing with the same people? I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I've never gotten over the comfort of playing with the same game groups. The question is, can I find can I find things like Love Letter? I think this is a great example where comfort doesn't matter anymore. Get, get over the discomfort of playing with other people, but if you have a good great group, good game group and you're comfortable with them, just try and meet with them as often as I you possibly like, can because you're blessed. And like, the way yeah. that we choose to play Concept... Like, we don't play right. by the rules. That's right. <laughs> like, whenever we've done game days at other places that are not our homes, it feels very easy to bring people into that. Right. Yeah. And, like, yes. people I've never met before, like, jump in. Right. And they can play it because maybe you're not playing by the strict rules that are in the rule book. Right. But you play how is enjoyable for everyone. In introducing the non-competitive element and instead the yes. learning collaborative element. Like, everyone's right. against the one person. Totally agree. Makes yep. it better um love that game group uh find things that are not socio-emotional or cultural in nature mm-hmm. uh and find games that you enjoy playing and enjoy explaining i yeah. think uh, are probably the ways to get over that and with that we're gonna grab more cider uh and we're gonna grab more topics and we'll be right back Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? In keeping with the theme, I'll be having a gumption 
hard cider, which I feel like needs to be like gumption. I'll be having a gumption hard cider. I love um, keep saying gumption. Yes, keep with that accent. A gu- gumption hard cider citrus free. It's be a gumption The bourbon. whole segment. Right. The whole, just the whole time. Yes. No, no I'm, please do. Yeah. At this point, I have assuredly offended, offended enough people with my Australian accent <laughs> on snippets of Adventure Impossible. Season 2. It's more New Zealand. Yes, we wouldn't fine. want to offend the South. Right, yes. <laughs> So the the gumption hard cider has what appears to be a monkey holding both a lemon and an apple, uh, and it's five and a half percent. So here we go. Sir Stillwater rule. He's taking a sip uh, from the, it's a bottle, not a can, by the way, and he is uh, contemplating the taste and. Huh. Um. Mm, not a five. No. That, definitely not a four. Coupons. It's yeah, a three. That's a three. It's perfect. It's perfectly. Bleh. Here we are. Yeah. Mm, all right. It. it it does nothing anyway. Let me get in there. Ra- yes. Rather than rather than decide to go north, south, east, or east or west in any in any uh, meaningful direction, it said, "No, I'll stay here." Officially, a cider. Can I yeah. Make an unrelated comment. Please do. In that, for being how you are about germs, yeah. you're so willing to share your beer. Alcohol kills the germs. That's what I tell. Them. Yeah, so there we sad. go. Nope, that's, fine. that's just science. Yep. That's me. Um, that's me in the universe. The stand this starts is here, people. So much better. Oh yeah. Then what? Than Caleb the had? last. Oh yeah. You got to be careful with that, though. You can't do relative ratings. No. Okay. No. That would right. be a hard eighteen after the be. thing I just drank. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you Woo! give it a three? Is that where you guys fell? <laughs> I was in right compared to three bottle of fireball. That's a three. That's a three. It's perfectly a three. I mean, it's a five compared to the last. one. I know we don't do relative ratings, but if we did, that is the thing I would evaluate other ciders against. Are they better? It's the most generic cider. Yes. It's what a cider is supposed to be. All right. Yeah. Uh, in your number one vote getter this week, we're going to do This Was a Mistake. Hey, yo. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about something that appears to be happening disturbingly more often in much. the world. Uh, and I think every time, it's an awful, awful idea. We're going to talk about resurrecting dead sitcoms. Because this needs to stop. And it needs to stop two years ago. Uh, it is bad. The shows are bad. We should feel bad for watching them. They're just bad. They're not good. I can only think of two. They're the opposite. They're bad. That have um, done this. Well, have- we've got the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> we all okay, know how. That's three. We all know how I feel about that one. Uh, we've got. I will stab you in the face. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to disagree. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, Full House. Yeah. Terrible. Just. Are- are we going to talk about Roseanne? Awful trash. That's and episode. Roseanne is kind of what made me bring it up. Well, because we need to talk about Roseanne was real bad. We need to talk about um, both The Office and 30 Rock, which NBC is now toying with the reboots. For. Oh, they haven't. They have announced but they that, might. The, that the networks are interested in So the with network. my vast pull with NBC, I can... I can I Shut can, that down. I can... I w- no, no I Sarah is... Just to, for the listener, she's doing the I see you sign along with like a throat slitting motion towards me. And, All in one. And here's the thing. I didn't know you were going to be on this episode, and I'm so glad you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 cannot, I cannot, for the sake of our listeners. Uh, I'm con- glad you're here, sir. Contradict my Thank convictions you, here. And Roseanne was a mistake. It's a bad show. I want, I want to say this on the Wait, new. And on the from flip. like front to back. No, we're gonna. No, not from fight. front to back. But the new one is very bad. It's very, it's very not good. Here's where, and I always felt like Sarah and I had a had a had like a connection. Be like Sarah and I are really good at games together. Sarah and I. John Goodman's in it, and it's still bad. I've, That's my thing with you. right I've now. I've never really liked Roseanne all that oh, much. Yeah, okay, we're gonna disagree gonna with you there. Set this place on Hard fire. Hard disagree on old Roseanne. I will say this. Okay, but like. 
past season like four, I get it. But other than that, I'm going to set this place yeah, on Roseanne, fire. Here's the thing. Roseanne was done before Roseanne was done. I agree. And then they resurrected to do it more. And that did didn't fix anything. Well no, they the didn't. She voted for Trump. I they can't but, like, do that's it. That's legit for who they fucking were. They did it. I agree oh, with that no, story. it wasn't. Jackie was all about that. I, I, mm. No, I, I no. hate it so okay. much. No, I, I don't. I don't love it <laughs> as some of my family and friends love it. I had some issues with it, but I'm not angry about yeah, it. Yeah, the part where it's not good. Let me say look, so look, so before we get okay, into, look, here's the thing. Roseanne, we're gonna talk about it now. Roseanne yep, votes Trump, out. hates mm-hmm. all sorts of democracy, apparently, has a child that's clearly LGBTQ, although he's not decided it yet, also very much supports the troops, and then unapologetically in the first two to three episodes talks about how much she loves a president that means her grandson can't serve in the military, as she threatens the children in the grandson's class to murder them if they pick on the boy, yet votes in a power. Also, the, the thing the thing about Roseanne okay. is that since Roseanne was on the air, we now have Roseanne as a person, you know, butchering the national anthem and saying Colin Kaepernick should die. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, putting, separating those Putting things. Jew cookies in the oven. But I can't separate those things That's anymore, legit. Sarah, because no, Roseanne the right. show existed before Roseanne the personality, and Roseanne the personality is the most toxic cancerous thing that's ever existed in stardom and now we gave her a platform again I and another platform no i can't disagree <laughs> that's what you're saying let, let me let me let me try this angle on this I'm one gonna step back. so as to as to avoid ruining <laughs> a friendship wrong. right so as to avoid ruining friendship with one or both of you um at a more generic level, the question of the the sitcom reboot, right? So not just Roseanne, but you know the rumors that NBC is kicking around doing an Office reboot, Please and a don't. Thirty Rock reboot, no. neither no. of which I need to see more of. No. I agree. Um, it, well, there's a, but I have Tina many Faye things to, to say about right, Roseanne, yeah. right. but is agree it, with the reboot. Actually, isn't Tracy Morgan working on a new project? The Last OG on TBS, which well, we good for him and for fucking recovering, right. but it's new. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. that. But yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, let me, sorry, I'm, I'm just issues. like, no, I know. Go, Tracy Morgan. You, you, you. You got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm legitimately happy. Let me, that let Tracy me ask Morgan this question generically about the nature of the sitcom. Let's reboot. go generic first. Yes, yes. yes. Is it weird um, when we put this question on on the planning doc a few days ago? Um, is it weird that my initial interaction was to think that there's something naturally more sinister or insidious yes. about the television reboot yes. than there is about the movie redo. And and you saw what I responded, yes. right? Yes, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. The resident sitcom is categorically more sinister yes. than the movie reboot. Yep. I mean, no one questions their motives behind rebooting the show that was great 20 years ago into making more money now, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, feel like... We've talked about remakes before on this show, and like the thing we say is like it needs to be catered for the time that it is like you need to alter what you're saying that's right yeah. so like oceans 11 needs to be a commentary about celebrity culture of today not the celebrity culture of the rat pack yeah but and i'm not sure we never mind i'm not gonna go there go ahead <laughs> and then oh no, like, sarah go there go there, no. go there go there go there go there and then, thank you producer ross <laughs> nope uh, but the it. thing about a sitcom it often includes the exact same stars doing the exact same thing because the sitcom as Out as a television context. show 
is specifically designed like as its evolutionary adaptation for the era of broadcast television not to evolve. Right. It's a story structure that's designed situation not to yes. move forward. And so when you do a remake, you at least have the chance of updating it. You right. have the chance of using it as a commentary or something else. Whereas when you resurrect a sitcom, you're bringing the 80s back and you know what I don't need more I of? Know. Reagan. Okay, but I like, don't need more Reagan in 2018, Roseanne. I, okay, Everyone like, loves Reagan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like like I get where you're coming from, but 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 like people's love for nostalgia is so deep that yes, that's what they want. I, and, and here's the thing: because we love Re- Ready Player One, right? Yeah, and here's that, the thing: right, like that's what I was going to go back. Here's to. the thing: I, is I, it the death of nostalgia, or is that like what we want? And it is to a point, but I mean, Roseanne kind of breaks. That yeah, I don't me. doubt that it works in a capitalist function. I think it's a mistake in artistic function. Okay, absolutely. I will like, not disagree. So I'm not. With you. I'm not saying this was a mistake on the part of the people that did the reboot. I'm saying it's a mistake for anyone who watches that shit mm-hmm. because Gilmore Girls but, didn't age well when I watched it years after it aired. Yeah, but and you, you know when it didn't age but, well when they just did it again, yeah, knowing full but, well that Stars Hollow was a eugenics experiment. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> I know you like many of these shows, honey, and I'm sorry. I didn't know you were coming up to this episode, but I have to. I have to stay true to my. You fucking own up to that shit, Kale. Thank you, Ross. Here's my struggle: is that I know that you're right, and I know that I don't disagree with you. But like, there's a part of me that loved that Gilmore Girls of that ideal of ooh, that's what I could be, and that's what my life could have been, and it was not. And well, so when we reboot it, reboot it. Sorry, drunk. An, another, it's like a like like it takes a like a piece of my heart, and then I want it. Well, uh, another thing that we should talk about though is that, like we talked about on the show that like there is such a thing as art you must recu- recuse yourself from. Right. Like it's okay. so it's so catered to you. Like yeah. you need to like step back and like. Okay. So I'm not saying alt- so, I'm not saying Alter Carbon's like a perfect show no. or a great show. I'm just saying that it's so up my alley. I need to step back. And that's what these that that's but, the only audience for these shows though. But okay, Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye, which I love, so I great. immediately texted you and was like, this was made for middle class white girls like me. No, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like it absolutely it was, is. and they rebooted but a show that was directed they towards did, me. They did update it. The new Queer Eye is decidedly more woke. I don't feel like the, uh, it's much more woke. It's not much more, but it's, it's still decided. You're talking about 10 years ago, but that's the thing. five gay guys Not a sitcom. Who were not not okay. a sitcom. Right. It's reality TV. Right, fine. Damn. <laughs> oh wow, I am in the dog. You house. are not, but I'm just saying <laughs> a little bit though, deep shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I still love uh, you, Spencer. What what do you want to say about this? I'll back away. Um, <laughs> well, nothing. Now that you are in trouble, and Sarah probably forgot the fact that I said I didn't like Roseanne, so I feel pretty pretty comfortable with where you landed. <laughs> You're a monster. How right. dare you not like the original? There's a legit Roseanne. reason to not. <laughs> it's like a landmark and fucking boot in fucking proletariat. Ross should not have had like three four seasons. I, are I so want good. another one. Give me another one. Were you no. not middle? class in no. the middle 90s. Not fireball. Yes, what? totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I don't I don't think I wanted to be reminded of that. You know what I mean? Um I I'm not for this. I think it's time that we made new things. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the value of time and progress and technology and storytelling. And yet here we are um, to get you out of a likely divorce and to get and to get you, you into a new cider. Thank you. I think it's time we moved on. Yes, we should. Hey, let's do that. Good. Flee even. Sorry. Fucking fine.
Caleb, what are you drinking? I'm going to drink JK's Northern Neighbor Farmhouse Hard Cider. It's a really interesting can. Uh, a Saskatoon cuvee. There we go. What that means. Saskatoon. That's, that's going Thank in you. the supercut. Back in the day, Saskatoon was the, the heart of the, the freaking prospectors. That is actually pretty good. Oh, is yeah? It? That is actually pretty dang good. Like, Even especially prospectors for Prospectors love Saskatoon. Oh, All right, man. we lost we lost Ross. <laughs> Ross is just, uh, so drunk. That is a local services or company with That's its weird four? font. That's a four. It is a weird font. It the, the label looks like um like if you drove by like a Bavarian restaurant in a small town, this is what the sign is. Yes, look I like. like it quite a bit though. Get get in there. We have he's, uh, he's drinking it now because the alcohol kills the germ. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give oh, that's apple juice. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's quite good. That's straight up alcoholic apple juice. Yeah. I would drink the fuck out of JK. So cider lovers, get some JKs. Damn, that's good. What are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, that's tasty. We're uh, we're into Sarah Ask Mix 6, where, of course, you suggest like some questions for us. And in this instance, John Burgess has asked, what would your D&D character classes be in real life? And what do you wish they were? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I had half a mind not to answer this question and just let you people tell me what my D&D character class is. And then I woke up this morning and thought, Fucking don't, commoner. don't do you that. Don't that. Yeah, yeah, don't do that at all. Come up with something. So I've got some answers here. But at, as the two people most versed <laughs> in the D&D world, and actually, you know what? Producer what? Ross, as doing? both the most drunk yeah. and most, most having played what? D&D at this table, yeah. what is your D&D character class? What edition? Five. <laughs> Five E. Oh. Wow. They said. All right. Uh, so I'm not getting that in town. <laughs> no one expected it of me. Uh, probably mage with a specialization in necromancy. Yeah, no big deal. What? Uh, wait. Fucking you, what? Wait. Do you think that's what you are or what you is that aspirational or descriptive? aspirational? Okay, descriptive. Yeah. What What do you want to be? That necromancer. Okay. Yeah. What do you think you are? <sighs> I mean, I think I would be. I think I would be a wizard, but I would be like a utility jack of all trades kind of spells. Like I wouldn't be uh, uh, an evoker, which is specialized in evocation spells, right. which are damage dealing. You know, your fireballs, your magic missiles. You know, yeah. Uh, not standard fair. Not transmutator either. Right. Uh, not illusionist for sure, because definitely Jesus, not. Yeah. Ugh. Not a sound effectist. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's illusionist, and also <laughs> fucking Shh. fuck you for like yeah. right <laughs> burn like. Jesus, like, I'm here to share, and you fucking, like... Attacking me. I'm trying to be He's honest. He's exposing well, his heart to you. I right am exposing my heart. I would go for Necromancer because I want to fucking be a lich and fucking be live forever. You fucking like, get it, man. Yeah, fucking get my phylactery on. Caleb. Phylactery. Descriptive first. <laughs> who do you think you are? And then aspirational. Who do you want to be? All right. Well, I got two answers for who I think I am. That's not All how right. this works, but okay. All right. Well, there's in, in older editions, there are technically character classes for like commoners, peasants, one hit point. Sure. Useless people. That's, if I'm being honest, what I am. That's fair. But I assume what John Burgess is asking is going to be. A player adventurer, classes. yeah, player character classes. In which case, I am most definitely a bard. I am only there because uh, you've already mm-hmm. fulfilled all the vital roles. You did not recruit me for something essential. Uh, I am what amounts for some sort of medieval education. Yes, a music background. Uh, I have a music background. Uh, uh, so useless, you. pretty annoying, um, really vestigial. 
I am definitely actually a bard. Oration is a valid bard specialty. Uh, there we go. Oh. And you, too, will get plus one in a very specific instance while I do it. You can get minor healing spells, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have those. I'm not a high-level bard. I'm definitely a low-level bard. Even the shit bard. bards Middling. get that. Like, it's fine. Uh, Caleb, who would you be? I would very much love to be a rogue. Hmm. There is nothing I love more in a D&D game than social engineering and lying. I would like to be skinny. That would be great. <laughs> I would very much love to be agile and dexterous and all these things. I am not. So uh, if I had to pick a D&D class, I would love to be a thief or so, a rogue. So uh, in Rogue, there's generally two paths branching off once you get the basic you know, thinking. One is assassin and one is more like the arcane trickster slash like trap finder, tomb raider kind of personality. So which do you think? Assassin- uh, probably tra- uh, they're both skinny though, right? Yeah. I don't be clear. They're both very svelte. Yes. And they uh, rogues. Like, uh, rogues are fucking yeah. They're fucking, attractive even. Yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah. Um, either is fine. Not Whatever assassin. it takes. Well, okay. So either one. You're, you you don't. Mind. I assume assassins are less attractive. Assassins are more grimdark. All right, then not assassin. Yeah. Okay, so arcane trickster or tomb raider. And they're skinny, correct? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Thin. All you're right. Disarming yeah, traps. One. You're fucking salt going into tomb. Oh, traps! I have a deep interest in those. Yeah. Actually, holy shit! Yeah, you're right. So actually, a bard. Would very much love to be a rogue or, or, or a thief. Fucking Sarah. Sarah? Jesus. Yeah. Get in there. So, silent but deadly. And I feel like Stippet's adventure. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I'm yeah. going for. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to talk, but I want to fucking murder some people. I yeah. think you're actually a rogue. Yeah. So, like, rogue assassin. Okay. Yeah, you're wanna, actually a rogue assassin. Rogue prestige class assassin. Yeah. I want to punch them in the fucking face. You are real sneaky. But I don't want to talk because, nope, introvert. Assassin. Need beer. Yeah. Get that sink attack on. But Death I would, attack. I would want to be a bard. Like, you want to sing wish, songs? Like, Yes, oh my but god. like I can't do that without alcohol. Oh my god, like, this is like a relationship thing right here. But like, like I could not. I married a rogue, right? She married a bard. <laughs> yeah, and an assassin. Oh wow, I just learned something about it. With alcohol, it's save versus I can do fortitude things. to not die. It's an instant death attack for but, assassin. But like, I want to be quiet and deadly. That's assassin, and that's well, what I do. Assassin again is a prestige class for rogues. You start as rogue, and then you can't work underscore that prestige class bit enough here, people. Yeah. Unless um, I, have I booze. can't underscore that Ross has had. Three shots of fire. <laughs> yeah. And a beer. And, and I'm on my second beer. Right. So. Yeah, but with good. that's the same with with booze, I'm very vocal. And so very I very much a bard. With I booze. could be a bard. Yeah. But without it, no no. A I want to be bard. silent and deadly. Booze mm-hmm. cruise. All right. Um I want to be clear. I based on my very limited understanding of Dungeons and Dragons. I will elucidate you on any topic. Thought I was a bard in, okay. in real life. Mm. Read read any description of any Dungeons and Dragons class. Learned yeah. that combat was involved in all of them. Yeah. Bards or theater kids. So not me. No, 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 and not at all. Rhetoric. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not really. Okay, right. All right, right. All right, it's, all right. It's, it's, I don't it, know D D. Right. Assume that that rhetoric was in this instance like a really it's old a English reading thing. of. Eric, got it. And so instead, after having looked through the list and just writing off things on the top because of their title, barbarian, for example. Yeah. Um, I actually think I'm a ranger. I think that my approach to combat would be to generally stay out of it, um, but then be like, hey, look at that combat over there, and then snipe a bitch. When I think attuned to nature, Spencer Harris is the first word that comes to mind. No, no you, you could be a fighter specialized in archery. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go. Right. All right, that works. I, I, look, I've got pretty good hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Uh, I'm generally fairly organized. You so like I think shooters. I love shooters. I'd keep my shit together. I'm a precision shooter. We learned that in mm. Destiny. Yeah, we did. So that. Ranger made some sense to me. Now, <laughs> in the instance of aspiration, who would I want to be? I'd probably want to be a warlock, if I'm being totally honest. And I know this because every opportunity <gasps> I get to make warlocks in World of Warcraft or pick game, that's uh, what Diablo, I Diablo, you, you do like a good magic user. I do mm-hmm. love me a good magic user here and there. I'm also, I do have probably the single greatest Diablo 2 barbarian in the history of Diablo 2 barbarians. Mm-hmm. MBD, I don't want to brag too much, but <laughs> it is so, what it is. Okay, so warlocks. The main thing about warlocks is that they have a patron that they sign a pact with in D&D, in D&D terms. I don't mm. know about Diablo. So what kind of powerful supernatural being would you sign a pact with to get power? What from? are my options here, Ross? Uh, the typical thing is obviously a demon lord. You could also be like a fey lord, uh, like Oberon. Uh, do any of the demon lords are like control fire? Or yeah, like, sure. All right, whatever the fireball demon is. Yeah. Because yeah. I fireball. know that's where most of us get our power. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, especially Spencer. Fireball is yeah. pretty yeah. fucking great. Yeah. That's made me... So, yeah. but, but okay, so Spencer, going back to the ranged attack thing, one thing you could also be as a fighter type would be hulking... You start as fighter and go into hulking hurler, which means you specialize in like throwing big objects at people. That seems too athletic. Yeah, I definitely don't want that. <laughs> Uh, uh, that okay. seems way too like crossbow. So more like an elven sniper. Crossbow at best. Elven sniper. If someone else loads. No, 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 sp- elven sniper. Elven sniper. So like one hundo. Big big longbow. You shoot people from like a million miles away. That's right. They yeah. never see me. I never had to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my alibi is airtight. I'm You're like, very like. <laughs> yeah. I was out doing elf shit. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was, was gardening. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's cool. Yeah. It's like anytime an elf dies, you have to shoot an arrow, and like wherever that arrow lands is where you bury the body so you're that guy yeah yeah so. I, i'm a i am a elf uh corpser uh-huh. okay uh more more ciders uh more topics where we don't talk about D things i know nothing i about. want to talk more about D, and we'll be right now <laughs> Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? I am drinking from Moonlight Meat. I just want, I, I need to take a moment, just a brief respite here. For everyone that isn't in the room right now, which is literally everyone listening to this, this has become an animal house. Of, of I disagree. Ross, Ross is plastered. I'm a professional. Sarah is standing 10 feet away from Mike eating tortilla chips just to, just to sober up. And Caleb and I are sitting here trying to have constructive conversations. You animals. I was okay. going to make some sort of cider pun for the episode title, but I think I might just call it irony now because yeah. I find it deeply ironic that in the cider episode, we're the drunkest. my co-hosts are the drunkest they've ever been. How much? Yeah. You gave me so much fireball, though. Yeah. So anyways, it's not even, don't blame Cider for this. Don't blame, don't do that. Don't be that guy. Oh my God. This is, okay. Um, All right. Oh yeah. What what are you drinking? Holy shit. This is Moonlight Meaderies. It's called, How Do You Like Them Apples? Where's Moonlight Meaderies I feel like you have to say like, how do you like them apples? Right? It's also a honey apple wine. It's a honey apple wine in a can? I also want to say this. It's 13 and a half percent. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that lesser alcohol has killed people? 
I am so glad that you when I gave you a bottle, you're like, not this one. I don't like strawberry. I'm going to pick a different one. And then you pick one that's right. basically a malt liquor. It's just Everclear. Yeah. It's just a- apple-flavored Everclear. So get in there. I want to know what happens when you drink this uh, lovely it? Goodwill Hunting uh, reference. Here's the thing for us. Blue. <laughs> oh, my God. It seems like it tastes like 13%. <laughs> it's just vodka and apples. <laughs> Give me that. Because I like a vodka tonic. Someone just someone just poured vodka in a can. They were like, I don't know, you got any apple juice? Splash. Can of vodka apple. It is vodka apple. All right, I'm I not bad about too. it. I'm not uh, bad about it. Um, I like vodka. I'm drunk already. Like, so you like fun. STDs. So that's a two strong. Oh, that's God, a, that is strong. That's a church. That is too strong for an apple wine. Sir, you need to finish this. Can by I say the way. that's a three, but a, a normal sip. day is a two? Yeah, yeah I'm already Ooh. too drunk. Yeah. It sounds like something. It. An apple honey wine sounds like something Ugh. you drink in fucking Lord of the Rings right. or a Tolkien book. Right. And it's it like, but like those hobbits are drunk. I like, like honey. <laughs> I like apples. I don't really care for wine, but okay. Yeah. And then really, what it is—that's is, your day. Like that's right. that, you yeah. just need that can, and yeah. like you don't need. Anything Did you want to get fucking plowed and then throw up on your neighbor? Oh, okay. Well, you should have some <laughs> moonlight meteries. How do you like them apples? That's yeah. I mean, it's efficient. Accurate. It's an efficient way of getting plastered. So let's talk about this new cost segment. efficient. Yeah, and We're so try something new. Well, okay. So we we put up a Twitter poll about this, yeah. and I asked for um for our Twitter followers to tell us a of, genre of book of four different book genres. What would you most like us to talk about? And romance one. Mm-hmm. All right. So oh, so here's the whole premise. No. The premise of the segment is that Caleb and I were going to talk about books that we'll never write. A segment which you've caused, called Books We Shan't Be Writing. Mm-hmm. But I group me you the other day, and you never responded to I think to I missed this. What I thought was a much better title. What is it? Which is, Will Never Be Apostrophe Author for Will Never Bother. Oh, okay. I thought it was a B. Arthur pun. No, God, no, Caleb. <laughs> we do. You, I'm okay with a B. Okay, Arthur pun. I you love B. Arthur. You your fucking puns. I crush a portmanteau. Is what I've too learned. Too much. Mm-hmm. They fucking made a game, Sarah, about duck puns. <laughs> that's like, right. That's right. On Kickstarter, made that's your life now. <laughs> Uh, that's much. your life. So it's are we are we going with books we shan't be writing, or are you open to uh, <laughs> Will Never Bother? Both? I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with Will Never Bother. You know what? I'm going to see what you put on the episode title, and, and I'll just assume that's what you decided on. Yeah, we'll, we'll Never Bother is good. I'm going to B- Bother. Bother. I, I get it. I get it. Right. Sarah, you're the, the picture of sobriety. Because it's both, <laughs> it's both author, Clearly. like write, and then bother, like, we're not going to do that. All right, so I told Ross right. to give us elements to include in this romance novel yep. before he knew it was a romance novel. Yep. So, I didn't know that. I'm just finding out now. All right, so what are the elements we have to incorporate to uh, outline this book? First the one, there must be a character who must be a marine biologist. Got it. All right, marine, that's easy. Easily yep. done, yeah. Uh, second, uh, it was two to four elements, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Second element must be off the coast of New Zealand. Love it. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let me suggest. Nails a, I New crush a New Zealand. Wait, wait for all the elements. Wait for all the elements. Yeah. All right. uh, it's it's the, so good. The adventure. third element is a new discovery. Love all of this. Uh, are you are you making notes about what we have to include? Yes, Caleb, I am. Great. I love you. Bye. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me ask this question: When you this was your idea, my the, my idea for a new segment was to ask Ross as many random questions as possible. But your idea so was glad we didn't do was this, actually good. The state of Ross right now, right? Yeah, your idea. How was dare actually, you, sir? <laughs> I think your 
terrified with whatever shot you're holding in your hand right now. So, it's that coffee whiskey that they brought. Oh, oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> but go that. ahead. Let me suggest this. Rather than treat these as competitive so that people vote for Team Caleb or Team Spencer. <laughs> no, this is a wait, 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 plot element. No, Caleb, plot I love element. you, but I'm Team plot Spencer element. right now with the New Zealand. Uh, actually, there's two. One is a new discovery. Right. Uh, marine biologist. Perhaps of a fish. Marine biologist. That yeah, was you. of a species of fish that was bought, lost millions of years Say, ago. See the canton, I'll piss on your table. <laughs> I promise you. So, marine biologist. And the last element is betrayal. <laughs> no one's going to listen to this ever. Nope. Go ahead. Uh, so, it's going to be uh, marine biologist yep. off the coast of New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, and new discovery and betrayal. Okay. All, right. All right. So can I start? Can I start? Yeah, go for and it. And we're going to collaboratively tell a story. Mm-hmm. Now. A mm-hmm. romance oh. novel story. But you're going to make it together. That's right. Yeah. A coffee whiskey isn't Wait, bad, by the do, way. It's fine. Yes, it is. But okay. Do first I thing we have, have to discover: decide with someone? is it a romance? No. no, it's collaborative. Oh. Okay, great. You can get in on this. Uh, is it a, just a romance book, or is it a paranormal rom- romance? No, well, I'm totally open. I think romance is open to all of the above. Negate okay. paranormal. But well, that's personal preference. I'll tell you what. I will set the setting. And the I'll set the setting, and I'll let you choose all right, all right. the next iteration, which is paranormal mm-hmm. or non-paranormal. Okay, so we're set in New Zealand, right? Okay, all right. It is April twenty-second, eighteen sixty-five. What? What? Wow, historical romance. Okay, be, be, so it's a <laughs> it's a bodice ripper. All right, because because of the time it takes for news to travel in such a year. We have just learned of the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Which oh, the, why do they care about that in New Zealand? Hey, that's your decision, Caleb. <laughs> Write a fucking story, man. I would tell you that so wait, Aaron what year cares is it? about that I right really now. Because I'm really going to need to go to the internet here. April twenty second, nineteen sixty five. I need you. No, eighteen sixty five. You said eighteen sixty five. Eighteen sixty five. And I need you to do that in your best New Zealand. All, all right. Because I'm not <laughs> a good person. Everyone stop that. I, I'm going to direct Thor no. Ragnarok. Stop it. Oh, no. Stop this it. Is bad. Everyone stop it right now. Shut it down. Shut it down. Sound I already did what no. we no. did. No. No. Shut no. it. Someone pulling off the stage. Abort. Caleb, what do you have? Okay, so it's going to be New Zealand is a territory of England still. It is under the rule of Queen Victoria, it appears to be. Uh, That's interesting. Um, Look, I'm going to make this a paranormal romance. So it's going to be Lady um, Marguerite. Mm-hmm. Stratfordshire. Love it. Uh, Lady Marguerite Stratfordshire. Uh, it's very much like the piano, but with a paranormal romance. So Lady Marguerite Stratfordshire, she's a naturalist yep. in 1865. She's yep. going against societal norms. Right. But she's bought by and just an ancient landowner. Love it. Uh, serving the queen in New Zealand. I right. don't love it. Love where we are. Ahead. But she's okay with it. She's okay with it because her family is deep in debt, and he, he pays deeply for it from his... Uh, sugar plantation or whatever he's growing in New Zealand. Um, and uh, Lady Marguerite Stratfordshire goes knowing that like her life as an aristocrat was always going to be lost to some terrible arranged marriage, Obviously. but thrilled to see the natural sea life love it. of the southern climes. Oh my god, I love where your head's at. And then she meets uh, a creature. <gasps> Are we doing Are Shape you? of Water? Yeah, in New you're Zealand Shape of Water, but, and I hate but, both of you. But the creature is uh, made of coral. 
Oh, and he is the That's personification of the great coral reef. Let's do this. Okay, <laughs> no. so my turn. No, it's, it's, I hate both of you right no, now. It's, but go ahead. It's Wait, are you doing the fucking shape of water? Yes. But, all right, but it's coral. No, nope. so it's That's, much scratchier. That's is, is, not is, a is, thing. No, but go it, ahead. If there's a coelacanth involved, then A plus. <gasps> it's, not, it's, it's not. Coelacanth. It's not. It's not Sarah knows what's up. Look, That's it's right. it's the shape of water plus the piano. Like, because yeah. you're gonna have like. Okay. Yeah. Here's my thing. The piano is a perfect film. It's a great movie. But continue. The only problem with it was Harvey Keitel wasn't a coral <laughs> animated golem. Until now. <laughs> I disagree, but continue. Okay, so it's 1865. Lady Marguerite Stratfordshire yeah. has met a coral creature. Where has she met the coral creature? Easy answer. At the New Zealand ex- exhibition held in Dunedin, New Zealand in 1865. Okay. It's a world's fair. I hate that ran from so January right to May of 1865 and 31,250 people showed up. Where did you come up with that number? Google. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> of the 31,250 to show up to the New Zealand exhibition in Dunedin, New Zealand, 31,249 walked right by a creature in a glass tube submerged in water that appeared to call out The to Coral Man. The Coral Man. I, I yes. hate both of you. <laughs> the Coral Man, discovered at wrong. the World's Fair in 1865 in New Zealand, except for Lady Marguerite Stratfordshire. Who walked by the tank and was struck by? Okay, yeah, no. So here's here's what happens. Keep going. Every every romance movie needs a Baxter, right? That's you need, right. You need a terrible guy. That's exactly that right. That the the prote- the protagonist the leaves for the new. Yeah, you need the Billy Zane. His name is John Hyde Harris. He was I president hate both of, the of you and you're both for the World's Fair. Yes, Fuck yes. You guys. Uh, so John Hyde Harris is just like, look at this disgusting this freak monster. Look at this monster, and they're torturing it. They have like they're running cattle prods through it. Just being terrible to the You're coral wrong. creature, yep. and uh, and Marguerite is just like Lady Marguerite. Uh, Both wrong. This is this is wrong. Uh, yes, this is wrong for how, the way they're treating him, and this is wrong for the way I feel. This right is exactly now. right. This is the love that dare say, say its name of my love for this coral creature. Yes, yes, and. So here's another thing that we know about the coral monster. It is of the stony coral rather than the soft coral variety. Yes. So Lady Marguerite plots an escape for the stony coral creature. She waits mm-hmm. until the evening's events have ended. She goes to see all of the dancing in the local New Zealand foods, which no. I imagine is like marshmallows. And S'mores. she no. Yes. She eats all of the things and then... Uh, she hides in what is classic New Zealand fair in 1865. She hides behind a row of wicker tree animals who have been hand wicked at the at the Dunedin World's Fair, and 31,250 people have seen them. And so Lady Marguerite hides behind the hand wicked wicker uh, uh, toys that children are to take home. And of an evening after the World's Fair has closed, she runs to. With one of those wickermen in tow, the glass case holding Stony Coral Man, and she uses the wicker creature to break open the soft glass, indicative of 1865. As we all know, glass didn't get strong until the you know the late 20th century. Clearly, she, uh, she she breaks. Thank you open. for 
randomly shouting. Right. Ross. Literally, literally Ross is the only sound effect ever added to the Mix 6 podcast. <laughs> um, she breaks open the soft glass of New Zealand 1865 for the Stony Coral Man with a hand-wicked wicker toy. And she she takes him and she runs to Caleb. The the beach, obviously. Obviously, because it's New Zealand. But here's how the story continues. She she lets him escape. Yes. You are the worst. Correct? Yes. But her husband made his fortune as a commercial fisher. Oh, the worst. So as she continually escapes <laughs> to the beach to reconnect with the coral man and their connection grows, Feminism. the husband grows increasingly paranoid oh and God. begins attacking the coral reefs, attacking the creatures of the sea. But he's 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 a personification of the Great Barrier Reef. I hate both of you. Um, and so uh, he he starts he starts making them leave the nets. He starts you know depopulating his fish. So her husband goes into ruin. It goes into it just spirals out of control. Yeah, Lady worst. Marguerite is in is clear danger. Um, and but and as the husband just becomes unhinged. Uh, but eventually she runs to the sea and is rescued by the coral man. And the title of the book is. No. Love on the Reefs. Ooh, and they Boom. relocate to Coral Gables, Florida. They are the founding <laughs> couple of the area. We, okay. It has no. become a retirement No one facility. asks questions about the fact Where? that sentient coral in the shape of it a It has man. become a retirement facility, and there are statues of both Lady Marguerite no. and the Stony Coral okay. Man Question. in the town square. Yeah. What? Where, where does the coelacanth? Well, that's how they destroy his fishing business. He uh, catches okay. nothing but coelacanths, <coughs> which we all know are not good for eating. Uh, they're also rare and endangered, and beautiful and precious. That's now. why they're rare and endangered. They weren't before the love between Coral Man. I'm and sorry, Lady Sarah. Marguerite. Did you have some input on this? <laughs> I'm wrong. I mean, I love you both, but no. I don't, th- I don't think you do right now. No. Honestly, honestly, I. So would you're buy- just rejecting the whole story? Absolutely. Wow. The cover. You don't want to it's edit a, it. It's you a just real like start over. It's a real bodice ripper. Lady yep. Marguerite laid Too back, <laughs> just the corset going wild, Wide not open. doing its job. What? Uh, a spray, what? a spray okay. of sea foam. Not wide open, but I like hate both of you, right? It's now. very suggestive. Yeah, and then there's a man instead of Fabio. It's this nightmare Stony golem creature of, col- of I coral. I wish I had yeah. a beer bottle to break <laughs> and stab both of you with right now. Right. Couldn't stand the coral to man. Fucking clean that up. Yep. Yeah, uh, sorry, but. Yep. Yeah, we well, are. I mean, you you can't. So, I don't anyways, have to, you so. can buy it in gas stations along your local interstate yes. or airports that, in 2019. Well, it's a Kindle um, self-published number one in the erotic self-publishing. <laughs> I, I mean, both of you. T- tell me, I couldn't write this and sell it for ninety-nine nope. cents on Amazon. Fucking do it! I dare you. Make a deal. I hate both of you. Do it! Do it! I dare you. All right. So this was another segment that probably won't it's work. It's the worst. But we gave it a shot. I don't the know. Every, worst. Every time we try something new, I'm like, that was terrible. And people are like, I really like that. The worst. But see, I really like this one because I think we came up with a brilliant this. book, so I don't think they're going to nope. be in it. Man, we're coelacanth on this podcast. Um, well, we'll try Armchair Director next because people seem to like that. Yeah, The right. worst. Uh, bye, everybody. Clip to do this. You ready? Good. Yep. Okay. Caleb, what are you drinking? I am drinking from Cider Boys. Cider Boys. Cider Boys Strawberry Magic Apple Strawberry Hard Cider. Too many adjectives. Far too many. I I'm getting I the disagree. feeling that ciders That's are real a big. Fine on adjectives. number of adjectives. How is it? Ooh. What do you think about strawberries? He's, he's, I don't like strawberries except for the pop tarts. I wasn't asking you, Spencer. Oh, I seems, was seems reasonable. Oh my god! He seems to like this. That's a 
That's a hard no. other people's drunk mail. No. That's that a is, five? That is my favorite cider I've ever had. Holy it, shit. It smells ever? like a fruit roll-up. It tastes like Which a fruit roll-up. Yeah, like what's wrong with that? Right it is now? delicious. I think Spencer's just fucking trying to slam fucking fruit roll-up. God, Rolls. that is good. That's too that's too sweet for me. Well, you hate what well, it's a cider episode, man. You have to fucking adjust for the fact that it's cider. That's fair. Would you like to go back to the bourbon bourbon barrel bourbon no. bourbon apple cider? No. You're on I feel something. like you you're both, said bourbon you're just both enough. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the right number of it's like good. it's a fruit roll up. Holy but shit, it's it just smells a fruit roll up. Look, if you love a cider, you will adore that. That it's, is delicious. It is literally ooh. eating a fruit roll up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's a little too sweet for me. I, ooh, it's an ha. alcoholic fruit roll up. You could eat one in liquid form. I am going to have to have one. a pap. Aaron from RPPR will love it. <gasps> yes. Aaron will. Aaron yeah. Carson And that's our demographic that. for this yeah. episode. Dude, that's, right. that's so good, but I could only drink one. Yes. Caleb, exactly. what are we talking about? You would get about? diabetes if you drank more than All one. right. Yes. We're going to talk about Aaron an armchair Bay. director, something that Levi suggests. Number two vote getter. Uh, number two director. Oh, oh, nope. That got me. None of number two words. vote getter. Way too drunk uh, for this. Levi suggests the top three films whose worlds you would like to live in. Hollow. So we're going to get after this. Okay, this is a, so... I'm, I'm surprised we haven't done this before, and I literally searched through the archives, and we haven't done it before. So thank is, you, Levi. That is kind of weird. I actually thought we had. And so so we even did some checking on this. Mm-hmm. So if we've done a variant of it and we couldn't find it or don't remember it, blame it on the al- a- 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 alcohol, okay? Wow. Um, nope. All right, so here's the thing. I think there's a fine line here between choosing a movie universe in which you live and getting to choose where what you live role. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What role? So, like, my, my first inclination was Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that would assume that I was a Ghostbuster. Because honestly, a, a Ghostbuster. Or a ghost. Uh, yeah, or a ghost. But a Ghostbusters universe that you live in where you're neither a ghost or a Ghostbuster. You really have a four it's, in. It's frightening. You have a four no, in no, the no, rest no. of okay. the population. The, different, yeah. the yeah. difference is, is that you know that there's an afterlife. There's empirical proof that there's an afterlife. Yeah, I don't feel like Ghostbusters goes out of its way to let you know that's a good thing because they're not busting oh, good yeah. ghosts that are yeah. enjoying themselves, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's but I mean, it's fucking something. Here's what I've landed on: where is a wor- where is a universe where I'm willing to coin flip that I r- wind up on the right side of things in terms of what I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. So my first answer to this question is Harry Potter. Yes, yes, it seems I obvious. Mean, absolutely, it seems easy. I don't but think it's that's also a 50-50 split in the population. That's definitely them. not. Uh, I think muggles are like ninety percent of the population. Yeah. Well, yeah, at it's least way more than fifty. You're wrong. Listen, you Harry Potter mathematicians. I I've given myself a little leeway here to interpret, but I also don't feel like I've overinterpreted. There are four Ghostbusters, is what I am saying. Out of the entire it's better, world, it's better than Ghostbusters. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I so will give you I are Ghostbusters going to become a multinational corporation. Equal to Apple, worth billions with thousands okay, of clearly, employees. Okay, clearly, Ghostbusters 2 has disproven that. Yeah. <gasps> by, by Ghostbusters 2, they're fucking doing kids' birthday parties. Show and they're great. Face. Because let's not <laughs> yeah. lie. Okay. We, okay. We, but we, still, but still. So by no, this era, no, the no, Ghostbusters... No, but they're not a multinational corporation of Ghostbusting. That's right. They have like, franchise. the business model has right. not worked. All right. In, so Apple becomes Ghostbusters. So anyways. Um, <laughs> a lot of talk about Ghostbusters. Harry Potter is still 90-10 at best. Okay, I'll yes. take I'll take that coin flip for 10. So okay. that's my that's my that's number, a hell of a bet. That's my number three. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is going to be Hot Tub Time Machine. Also, a hell of a bet that you'll find that time machine. Well, look, I I just want to live in a world where if I'm drunk in a hot tub, not statistically impossible by this, <laughs> yeah. by any stretch of the. All we're missing right now is a hot tub with yeah, an energy hot drink. Hot tub is a hard with an sell. energy drink from 
a strange disavowed Soviet ex country. Also, pretty high up on the reality scale because I do like my energy drinks. Uh, I can travel through time and have fun adventures with my friends. And I'm going to go with that. Like, I mean, the likelihood of that happening to me specifically, if I'm not. And here's the thing we're saying we're not going to be like a different person. You're not going to be born with magic. I'm saying I am me right now. Right. The chances of me stumbling into a hot tub time machine scenario pretty high compared to the rest of the population i'm not gonna lie yeah so uh i i want the ability to to go back in time and, no, I and like do it. things like that so much i like that idea so much that my second pick is very in line with what you've said because nice. my second pick is bill and ted's excellent adventure <laughs> also pretty solid not a hot tub is a phone booth you're, okay your chance your chances of being bill or ted astronomically small but your chances of being in a high school presentation that involves actual historical figures much higher, my, much higher than my, that. My chances of stumbling into a phone booth that was also a time machine, I feel pretty oh, good wait, about no, that. Oh, wait, no, never mind. At this point in history, according to the Bill and Ted timeline, we live in the utopia that's right. built by both Bill and Ted. That's right. And that's 100%. 100 So that's a solid pick. Mathematically, yeah. I'm on the right side of, yeah. his, of, of imagined history. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the idea that... Uh, not unlike you, I could jump in a telephone booth and see and or meet whatever the fuck I wanted to. Yeah. Bingo, bango. Let's do that, guys. Could be benevolent. Could be a little bit dangerous. Um, but you know what? I'm willing to navigate that on my own. What's mm-hmm. number two for you? Uh, number two for me is going to be the Golden Compass. This one surprised me. Why would it? You get your soul taken out of your body. You get to talk to it every day and know what you're all about. It gets to be an adorable animal. That represents you, and also you can make friends with a bear that's also a tank. In the movie version, Sam Elliott goes around in a steampunk hot air balloon as a gunfighter, and he's got a rabbit that lives on his shoulder. It's just, it's a universe where everything is a billion times more adorable. Like, why wouldn't I want that? Why, like everyone just has a regular soul. Everyone is doing normal human stuff, but all the time it's more cute. Like every time it's more separate cute. from the movie. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. <laughs> just generally, you would like that thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I want so, that. I want to go to there. When when I said I was surprised by this, and you said why would you be? The mm-hmm. answer to that is because you said the golden compass. And we've done so good. We've done forty-five plus episodes of pop culture stuff. Yeah. And I didn't even know that you'd seen the golden compass. No, I, no, no, no. <laughs> the book what? is so good. The book is very good, but we have seen the movie, and I did enjoy the movie. And the movie was it wasn't a terrible adaptation of the It book. was not terrible. Better than, say, Ready Player One. Absolutely. I, don't know about, yeah. I mean, we just talked about it, but it's fine. Right. But the book and the movie are good. There are bears that have the voice of Ian McKellen oh that will God. be your friends. It's so good. Why, why would you want to live anywhere else? I That's feel like, my question. Why are there not more movies? <laughs> With Ian McKellen as bears? I mean, I got some guesses. Um, all right. Number, well, number, they're all wrong. Number one on my list. Um, and speaking of Ready Player One and our general disdain for it. Scott Pilgrim, man, like that is a world that I would fucking live in. So mm-hmm. first off, it's got it's got the appropriate amount of references and the appropriate type of references that I'm looking for. I I literally think that I was blessed with the life that I've been given. What if my life was just enhanced with 
Super Mario and or Nintendo elements? Like, what if I got to go about my everyday? You, you do get to fight according to your personality traits. That's exactly right. Rather than any actual, like, training or sweating or anything like that. And we've that. learned that that is a Rangers style in a previous <laughs> segment on this very episode. So, yeah, I would like to be able to walk around and occasionally, like, grab a digitized bow and shoot something or jump onto what looks like Koopa's Castle just for funsies. I feel like... One of the great things that Edgar Wright did with Scott Pilgrim's universe is what if it was just your world with some 8-bit slash late 80s, early 90s video games integrated into it? Well, fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm in for that. I would agree, but for I don't want to encounter my exes that often. <laughs> Are at all? Sarah, thoughts? In any context. Oh, they're all monsters. In encountering Caleb's exes? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to, I don't I want mean, to encounter gonna, her exes I that mean, often. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. they're both Yeah, bad. there's there's all sorts of at least bad mine, news in there. It's drama. <laughs> yeah, no no one wants any part I, of that. I have a f- three ideas. Hold can on, I, can, can I finish mine? Finish, and then, okay, and sorry, then sorry, drunk sorry, producer sorry. Ross can jump in. I'm totally sober. Uh, <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Yeah, that's a good one. Assuming that you're... You, I'm guessing here the the assumption is that you you're got to experience monster. the like fun side of the monster universe. No, here's the thing. Monsters, Inc. has discovered a endlessly renewable energy source right? that still creates electricity. For the, for the monsters. No, their technology they're is exactly the same as ours. They're post monsters, but they're not powering think. the human world. No, they're they not powering. Are, the, but right? the, the human power, human world is powering them, and it can also yeah. power us. So, in the monsters world, they oh power fluorescent lights. They power machinery that is obviously compatible with human machinery, and you can see all of this in the worker day scenes of the monsters world. And they power it by the end of it with human laughter. Can you imagine a world in which we both find out there are sentient? adorable monsters and that they rely on us for energy and they're willing to share that energy with us because we are entirely their entire energy plan like their society collapses without it so the second we discover monsters are real which i feel like is pretty likely to happen when they're like billy crystal's doing a tight five in front of my bed before i go to bed um i feel like it's likely to happen and they're not scaring us anymore Imagine the interplay between those two cultures. Imagine child protective services if they were funded by the Department of Energy. Like, imagine, like, a world in which, like, being shitty to your kid was also destroying a national energy resource, and they would crack down on you like you blew up an oil pipeline. Like, oh, you made your kid not laugh. We're gonna send you thirty years. Of yeah, prison. we're gonna we're gonna redact you. We're go- yeah. Actually, that's that's we have special laws that say like you actually don't get a trial. So we're gonna put a hood on you and shield you away for terrorism wow. for being that shit. Wow. In a world where you dark. have, it's not dark. Mm. It's a it's a mm. place where you have the actual. It's a place where you have the actual resources to like help society across the board. Plus, you're also on a post-scarcity economy at right. this point because you survive off children's laughter. Children laughed at anything. Two things they I want to say. They laugh at literally fucking anything. I wanna, two things I want to say. One is, world where we're putting hoods over people and, and carting them away for 30 but years. But terrible people. Dark. Right. Okay, fair, fair. Second thing is, Jeez, Spencer. in a world where laughter is an energy resource, I feel like the Mixed Six podcast is Deutsche Bank. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're we're also like, we're like OPEC now, like here on the mic. We, we're uh, the captains now. Yeah, ex- exactly. It, it's good for everybody. There's adorable monsters 
doing tourism everywhere. You also have faster than light travel through doors. Weird. Because once the monsters come in, they were like, wait, closets go literally anywhere through your world. It's like, yeah, you just make an industrial line for them. And like, we're, okay, we got space travel. We've got endless renewable energy. Everything's adorable. Like all those monsters are cuddly and adorable, and you want to hug them. And uh, Monsters, Inc. is where to be. I actually think this is a pretty good answer. Uh, it's certainly better than the Golden Compass and Hot Tub Time Machine. <sighs> and so so if we were competing, and we're not competing here, despite the fact that you redacted mm. your answers, which I, makes me feel like maybe I, we're competing more than I think we are. It was just instinct. Um, I, I actually think this is a... I only did it because I inherently don't trust you. One, wow, one or one A <laughs> answer. Okay, if I'm being... Okay, well, now I feel like okay. I don't want to I don't want to celebrate you. Can I just throw my three... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and puts well, let's see how this goes. All right, so how many two. of them are Japanese? None. Whoa. Yeah, Jesus. Well, lost all my money. Fuck you. Yeah, Jesus. All right, so number three <laughs> is actually the Matrix because either you're fucking an, an omnipotent super fucking rebel fighter and you have po- super space powers in the Matrix, which is pretty nice, or, or you're naive, or you're naive, in which case you're fucking you get to live your you know. Yeah. Regular life. Yeah, I was regular. gonna pick that, but like I have no proof. I'm not in the Matrix right now. So. Yeah, 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 so it's like it's not <laughs> any worse than the real life. So uh, number two is you could be one of those uh, guys in Zion who has nothing to look forward to but your yearly yeah. rave. I mean, that's n- no worse than what I have to do in real life. So like, <laughs> yeah. and I get a fucking mech with fucking mini guns on it. So like, there, was, there is that. It's true too. Uh, number two is Wally. Because either I'm a robot who's immortal, or I get to be fucking a fat ass that robots serve. So, like, either way, it's not bad. It's a little, it's better than what I have right now. So, like, uh, <laughs> Ross just with his buried her coat and floaty chair. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck it. All right. So, number one, though, Space Jam. Because <laughs> it's fucking Space Jam. <laughs> Wait, do you think. Space Jam. Where do you exist? Space spa- Jam. Where do you exist? Space Jam. <laughs> space Jam. All right. I well, refuse to answer any more questions. I think he's into Space Jam. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I well, believe I can fly. We've got to slam. I believe I can fly. We're literally going to pull the plug out, and we might get another segment. I don't know. Maybe we'll see you in a second. Yeah. Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is the McIntyre Cider from St. James Winery. It's a blackberry hard apple cider. Just too many adjectives. Yes, they do love their words. It feels like like we should just say (laughs) cider-blackberry. I mean, I feel like we get the nuts and bolts of all of it in there, and so I'm going to try this blackberry cider from St. James Winery out of St. James, Missouri, so hoping that I can rep the local here. He's taking a drink. He's yep, it's a bottle, by the way, not a can. It. It's a so. it's a pretty bottle. It's it is. Very, it's it, a very it, well it, labeled. It, it, bottle. It's a handsome bottle. Aesthetically, it's winning. Ooh, that's not a handsome face no, 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 on Spencer. Not aesthetically on the flavor. He shook front. his head. He oh, closed his eyes. God. Um, grimaced. It, it works in the eyes, but not. Would in you the mouth. Would you characterize that as a grimace, Caleb? I would. Yeah. All right. So on the front end, I was like, oh, this is good. And then um, my mouth went down uh, just a rabbit hole. That's a one. That's a one? And your credit card offer? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to drink it. That's not a one, but just wait. 
Our, our raised. There it is. Holy shit. There it is. Caleb's spasming. Oh, God. It happens in the back end. Yeah. Like, you, you're almost not sure. Like, 40, 40 yards from here is the worst taste you've ever had, and that beer is going to move that you is down that the, journey. Um, that is like the Do haunt- we need to go to St. James, Missouri and burn it? That down? is the haunted doll of ciders. Yes. And, like, you're like, dolls are good. I remember, like, childhood, and that was innocent. And then, like, it, like, Ooh. just... Its head turns a little bit and looks at you, and you're like, "No, I shouldn't yeah. do, yeah, shouldn't do that." On the nose, Ross, you're like, "Oh, that's pretty good." Wait, wait, two seconds, and there then it right is. in the back there of the throat, is. right in the back of the throat, there's uh, that. Mm, no, uh. no good. It's like a Johnny Depp film. You're like, "Oh, this has Johnny Depp." Oh my god, this has Johnny Depp in yeah, it. No moss. Yeah, no moss for yeah. that. Ah, yeah. uh, I feel a little sick. So that's fun. Uh, that's All a, right, that's um, a hard one. I picked a drunk enough that was an actual drunk enough. My God, did you? Uh, and I didn't anticipate we would a any of us have drank this much. There's been brought a lot of like a fucking twelve pack of mini fireball. We brought a ten pack. All right, All right a ten pack. <laughs> to be Sorry. clear, I was too off. Uh, I didn't anticipate Sarah being here or having since redacted herself from the podcast. Yeah, because she's just over it. Yeah, um, but we have to get through it all together because I can't think of another one. So here we are. Uh, it's truly a drunk. kittens. It's truly a drunk. how great are they? It, it, it is perhaps a too drunk uh, I, enough. Um, so. Sarah's back. Sarah, she's staring at you. She's just creeping around the house. Um, so here's where this came from. Um, my drug enough that I want to consider was, are there ideas that you literally cannot hold on to? Like, is that a thing? And I don't want to talk about in terms of complexity here. But there are ideas where if, like, you psychologically accept, accept the schema, it just breaks you in half. So... Um, Benji asked a few questions about evolutionary existentialism, and I didn't bring them up on the podcast yet because honestly, I haven't I haven't read enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a term before no, you mentioned it, Benji. So I didn't I'm, Google it. I'm I'm honestly looking into it right now, but like it it brought me down to some existentialist stuff and that I that I am more familiar with. So we we might get to evolutionary existentialism at some point, but I'm I'm not prepared. I can't promise that. Uh, but. What I am saying, like, stuff like, okay, so most of science has proved that free will is basically a myth. You just kind of synaptic misfire and do a thing, and then you tell yourself a story about why you did it, and that's the thing that you kind of consider to be your rationale for doing it. But they happen so close together that you can't differentiate between you had that thought process before you made the decision versus actually making the decision. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everything in cognitive science with brain imaging is proving the fact that we just kind of do shit based on uh, our genetics and based on our ability to, you know, uh, where we were born in life and what that did to our brain. And then we come up with a rationale for it afterwards. And I've read all that stuff and I accept it to be largely true academically and academically only because mm-hmm. I can't live that way. No, for even one second. No, like I cannot possibly go through school to be like, well, that was the decision they were always going to make. That's right. I can't possibly go through my life being like, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and then I'll make up a story for it afterwards. Like that's an idea that like I can hold in my head at the same time as I cannot possibly hold in my head for if I was truly to accept it. Sure. I would just be crippled and do nothing, which is true of even the researchers who did that very research. That's right. So there's, uh, the, I encountered this a lot reading like dumb philosophical shit for a drunken podcast, mm-hmm. where there are ideas where I'm like, well, yeah, if I accept that for even half a second, 
I just break. Like, like that's just it for the brain part. Just turn into a ball. And so like I consider them, but is it really considering it if the very concept of the idea would just snap your brain in half? Sure. Yeah, so I think there are two things here worth considering. The first is the perspective, and the second is the logical evolution of an idea. And I think these are different things. So in terms of perspective, right, um, there's something inside me that doesn't want to accept the perspective that things are be things are what things are going to be. You know what I mean? And so I have, in, in theory, no control. I guess what I might say is like a pretty fatalistic approach to things. Things that are going to happen are going to happen, and how I interact. Yeah, but with that them. cognitive science stuff is like fatalism with some serious scientific sure. evidence behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the perspective bit is whether or not I'm willing. Bless you. Whether or not I'm willing to say Gazuntite. I only know it in one more language, so this is going to get pretty messy. All right. <laughs> um, the the perspective bit for me is. Uh, there's a difference between saying things are going to be what things are going to be, and therefore I have no control of things. Okay, salute. That's Damn, the end of producer it, Ross. Ross. Right, one more, and I got nothing to say. Chill to you. out over I'm, there. I'm not going to sneeze you or bless I you. Fucking adjusted the levels, by the way. So you like you're bringing this up? No, exactly. no, it's a you thing. I want you to know that. <laughs> All right. Um, the perspective question here is: Am I being blindly led down a path over which I have no control, or? Am I participating in the implementation of a thing that I have some enactment agency over? And and I think it's terribly possible to say that those questions are the same thing. The only the only difference there is whether or not you're willing to blindly accept that you have something that someone has told you that you have and you don't have, and that's called agency or faith or whatever. Uh, I think that at a minimum we get the choice to make that decision, and I understand that that choice may be underwritten too. That maybe that's that's part of the sell here, that someone gets you to believe that you have that agency you don't have. I'm willing to accept all of that because I think it makes me happier, more fulfilled, uh, more active. In, in my life. Yeah, but you're like talking about these in terms of preference. You're talking about these in terms of I think and holding that idea would preclude you saying those verbs because they're inherently ridiculous because you don't think, you don't prefer, uh, you just trigger off of like what your genetics and your your happenstance right. is. And so that's that's what I'm talking about. And the free will thing gets in there, but like it's more than that. There's like Nagel's spider which is the ethics idea that all evil comes from a place of benevolence. Like, I moved the spider from the urinal because it looked like it was bad because spiders don't like being in urinals. And then it died because it didn't move for three days and it was terrified it was outside of its urinal home. Like, I can think of that idea ethically, like all evil comes from a place of misapplied benevolence. But then what do I fucking do from there? (laughs) Like, how do I hold that idea in my head and grasp it entirely and then continue to live in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's like thought experiments, like Rocco's Basilisk, like thinking about Rocco's Basilisk is bringing it about. It's terrifying. Like there's all sorts of stuff. And like, so the free will arguments, it's the most basic form in, sure. my, in my argument. But like, I, I'm wondering if there aren't ideas beyond complexity, but there are ideas that are genetically incapable of truly grasping and that you can grasp them in sort of like, an intellectual idea, like yeah. the same way that I can grasp like 
fascism. I, I get why they say it's important. Right. I get why they think it's a good idea. But, like, my brain doesn't contort into that twisted fucking shape. Right. Like, because I don't think that works. Like, um, there are ideas I literally can't hold even for a moment of, like, perspective taking. Because if I did... I wouldn't be able to come back out of it, would mm-hmm, I? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that, and that's a, like sort of. Yeah. F- I, th- I thought think, no go zone. I think I think one of the one of the tricks here is that uh, I, I'm having to unsituate this from a question of like genetics, like what are you capable of thinking because of predestination or whatever, and instead, in the context of, do I think that there is such an overwhelming amount of evidence such that one idea is so bad? Um, you couldn't possibly even begin to explore it hypothetically or theoretically. Um, yes, I do think there are some of those. I, I can't explore it hypothetically. I can't explore it theoretically. I cannot explore it actually. But In it's, it's also implementation. Yeah, but it's also not theoretical. It's not like a black hole. It's not like anything like that. It's it is very. It can be like a philosophical concept that, even though philosophical concepts are innately enamored with the human innately enamored with the the meaning making animal mm-hmm. that even though it's not like revolving like advanced physics concepts for quantum levels we can't see right. it's an idea you just like you can grasp as an idea of like i can say what it's about mm-hmm. and i can discuss the implications of it but i cannot actually hold it or boop Nothing. Okay. Like, I got nothing after that. So so let me test something here, because I'm clearly struggling a little bit, and I blame that largely on the amount of alcohol I've consumed. It's kind of like nihilism. Right. Like, the discussion of the belief in nothing. Right. And nihilism, for me, works as a concept, as a stepping stone to hedonism, existentialism, or suicide. Right. But nihilism, as people who say they're nihilists, I'm like, well, why'd you tell me that? Right. You don't believe anything means anything, so why did you believe meaning telling telling me you were a nihilist meant anything. Sure, right. <laughs> like, it's an impossible idea. An right. anti-idea is an impossible idea to actually hold. I, that's So that's the thing, right? Like, I think where I'm struggling is in the question of what it means to be impossible to hold, right? So, so, so I hear you variously saying two things. One is in terms of logical premise. If I assert what is a premise-based or foundational argument, it would be literally impossible to extrapolate from that because of the nature of the premise. And the other is, there is no way in which the brain could possibly hold this thing to be true, right? So so here's kind of like where I'm navigating these two waters. Like, I, I can in no way, theoretically or hypothetically, process the idea that Nazism, for example, is good. Like, I can't... I can't even begin and, to and here's explore. here's the thing, like, I can't relate to that from where I'm at. Right. But, like, here's the thing. I can imagine other people relating to that, because obviously they, they do live their lives People do. Disgustingly, right? Right. But these are ideas that, like, I don't, I don't know, I could stay one person that's an actual nihilist because they're dead. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, who can I pick out of my life that's an actual, full-blown, sure. true-blown nihilist? Because, yeah. like, they're jokes. Yeah. They're, like, Lebowski jokes. Or they're dead, so like, are, and maybe they were. <laughs> are there some ideas that are so limiting or so intellectual or finite in their approach to things that they are literally impossible to explore? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, ideas where you are genetically or cognitively incapable of taking on that perspective. The, the genetic Because they're so the, finite. Right. Like, the genetic bit, I think, is the one that I, like, I struggle with a little bit because, yeah, I, don't, I guess I've just never thought about... So, um, 
and I think when you're saying genetic, what you're talking about is that like there's literally something natural about the human person uh, that makes it impossible to process that thing or impossible to live out that thing. Like assuming they're right about the free will thing, right? Right. right. Our genetic adaptation is to not fucking believe that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like challenge. our genetic ap- adaptation is to like tell yourself this fictional story about why you make choices and like no matter what level of objective evidence you can find you're not going to be able to overcome that because, like, that's your genetic imperative. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, I think that's the one I'm struggling with a little bit. At a theoretical, argumentative, foundational, principled level, are there things that I can look at and go, well, yeah, but that argument doesn't have much merit beyond its first layer of claim, right? Like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, but what you've said is all things are nothing, and so therefore any argument you attempt to make at me is, uh, is a thing, therefore it is nothing. Yeah, I can't deal with that. Um, but, but the question of whether or not can I, or should I, or am I willing to, or could I possibly give merit to as a human making a decision? Well, that's a little bit like of a different space to me. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yes, there are probably some ideas that I literally can't process. I'm starting to think that perhaps this topic is is one of them. (laughs) Um, but, but then there are arguments that I think, and maybe these are maybe these are like the arguments of the age, right? Like the arguments of an era. Um, are there arguments that I could process, but that I choose not to process, or for one reason or another, I deem unworthy of the time, the energy of finding reasons to justify and/or process them in the first place? One hundred percent, absolutely. But I'm not I sure. Mean, there are philosophical arguments against that sort of free will argument that are basically like. I'm not saying you're wrong. Right. I'm saying, why would you want to be right? Right. And like, I agree, I agree with those arguments in every way, shape and form. But I also think that the people making those arguments that free will is a myth also don't believe it because how do you function after that? Where would we be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's the thing. So like, unless you think that the predetermined path that you're on is one to be obstinate and or argumentative. And I know we do the free will thing, but like, I'm really at a point where I'm like, I'm wondering like, cause I don't think that's it. I think there are certain ideas where like my brain just doesn't fit into that shape. Sure. It's a negative capability. Yes. And and that's what worries me is that those ideas might be true. Yes. Are, are are useful, right? But like, I physically can't ram my brain yeah. into that non-brain-sized hole. Sure, like, I, I've actually okay. So, in terms of making some sense of this, I, I have run into this more contemporarily. I um, I don't doubt that there are people that make sense of and can make sense of where we are as a country, socially, economically, culturally, politically. Yeah. Um, and I get that there's probably a wide margin of that perspective, which is me just not accepting the nature of those arguments. I just disagree with the kind of things that you think are true, your values, your assessment of our country, what you think it means to be American, et cetera, et cetera. But much of that for me is not a question of, can I make sense of it Mm -hmm. in a very tangible sense or yeah, I could make sense of it, but I don't want to because I agree, disagree with it so wholeheartedly. But occasionally, I do run into arguments for our political state, in defense of our political state, that do seem literally impossible for me to process. Yes. Like, in no way can I make sense of the type of thing. And 
and not from a, I think you've made a bad argument or I think you've made an incoherent or uh, an ill a, a, a logically inconsistent argument but orange equals twi- triangle right like, exactly yeah. like, I just literally can't fucking figure out what you're saying yeah I am incapable of processing the thing that you're trying to ask me to process yeah no no no, no. I, I I think that there are those things yes that 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 in that sense and and maybe it is a question of intelligence maybe it's a question of limitation it could be a question of experience because i've lived such a fundamentally different life than you i i literally cannot say orange equals triangle because i've not grown up in a place where oranges and triangles are the same thing and, and that's the other thing like i don't know if that's what i'm talking about though that is where i typically get this sensation yeah for sure because that is nearer to me i think there might be ideas that like no one gets Mm-hmm. That people can very, in terms of the intellectual standard, express very clearly, mm-hmm. express very clearly in clear language where I understand their arguments, mm-hmm. where I can express what that argument's uh, different consequences might be if mm-hmm. we were to take that argument as the, the principle, the, mm-hmm. the sort of resolve, yeah. so to speak. Right. And yet I cannot hold that argument in my head. Mm-hmm. And I also am not sure anyone can. Because I'm not sure you'd make that argument if you could hold that argument in mm-hmm, your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You right, know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And th- and that's the thing. Like that's what I'm sort of expressing my my trouble with. Like yeah. that sort of academic negative space. That sort of absence right. of academic thought. Like where like we can approach what that sort of void might be. Right. But like truly inhabiting that void, other than a way to express like the corners around which we have to go around it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I'm starting to, to get some texture here on what, on what it is D- you're Does saying. that make sense? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. That uh, assume a space between what I can and can't understand. And the space in the middle is like things that either I've not yet learned to understand or things that are un-understandable un- for one reason or another. Yeah, th- there are certain ideas, I think, that only describe a void between ideas. Mm-hmm. And I can't get at anything in between that void. Right. You don't have an integer there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that's probably true. Um, I wish that for the sake of argument or example or testing, uh, I could could point to a thing, which is kind of like my way of making sense, right? Which is like find an analogy or an example or a metaphor and say like, this thing is so outside of the confines of my ability to process, accept, test, um... Uh, experiment with that I literally just cannot and it feels like I genetically or biologically or naturalistically cannot hold this thing in my mm-hmm. head long enough to mm-hmm. deal with its inner workings I think that's probably true yeah, yeah. And, and but then, how do you know right right because then you 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 literally couldn't do it in the first place you know what I mean well, I think what we've discovered in today's Drunk Enough is there's a limit to philosophy. There's a limit to Drunk Enough. And there's there's a limit to Drunk Enough, and there's also a limit to an episode. So to be clear, we had a couple of technical errors that we recovered from in the podcast capably, thanks to producer Ross. Who looks like he wants to die right uh, now. But producer Ross did in the interim, in a group me chat, say that I am not sober, and he spelled that, I'm bot subert. So I think I'm a bot subert too. 
And I think there's no better time to leave a podcast and the back out of it. That's fair. We're, yeah, we're all Mabatsabert. Right. And we need to be elsewhere. We're going to put a bow. We're, we're going to put a boat on this. Uh, <laughs> and and our boat looks like this. Um, if you've been listening to this, it means that you're a backer and or just a general supporter of a certain level. And thank you so much for giving us your time, your energy, your resources, etc. It means the literal world to us. Um, if you didn't see us at Moon City Con, please feel free to come out and see us at Origins. Also, be on the lookout for Party Foul on Kickstarter, which is either about to launch or is already already has launched we'd love your support um thanks so much for literally everything that you do for us if you're not following us on twitter check us out at the mixed six um if you're not following us on facebook facebook.com slash the mixed six we have a group and a page you can also check us out on youtube where we've got a number of old episodes of snippets of adventure which is recently relaunched with season two featuring sarah and brandy much like half of this episode was featuring half of that group it's almost a double date with adventure almost one would say a double date of adventure mm-hmm. and the best and or potentially worst Australian accent you've ever heard. Uh, and we appreciate everything that you do for us. Also, feel free to check out Party Foul on Twitter and Facebook at Party Foul the Game or Party mm-hmm. Foul Game. Uh, and we'd love to have your support. Thanks so much for everything that you do. Uh, if you get a wild hair, feel free to send things to us in the mail. Uh, that is always available, and you can find that on both our Facebook page and other episodes where you can send us things. Once again, this has been the Mix 6 Podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Mabat Subert. And we'll see you later. Thank you.